This is Bill. And this is Honest Boss. And we are the Uncommonwealth Podcast. Now that Thanksgiving nice and over, uh, you hope may... You, hope you were stuffed. Hope you are stuffed like a Thanksgiving turkey. Yeah. Uh, Did you it, think I was going to make a bad? I thought you were going to make a bad there. I was, yeah, but you know what? We're I not, mean, not uh, going to make that many bads today, right, Bill? I... Do you know why? Because it's the start of Christmas season. Oh, that's not why. I and, thought you... and it's someone that you love that we're doing today, right? Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, all like wholesome. Very wholesome. Very, very, very... Aw, gee shucks. <laughs> a very impactful figure in many I'm going to make swears. Let's He's be gonna honest. make we, bad. Let's, gonna let's do get the, it out there. We're gonna do the bad. We, we make swears. We make bads. Fuck bunny. Don't Scheiße for all the Germans out there that listen to us. Don't listen with your kids. The Macarena. Hide your children. Hide your wives. Well, they're just doing the dancing everywhere. The, the fuck dancing. Is the Macarena a fuck dance? Yeah. Or is... hmm. You put your left foot in. You put your left foot out. That's what it is, right? Yeah. <laughs> And then you then you uh, do that tootsie roll. Well, how did the macarena get so popular? It's hey, you're the one who does it all the goddamn I know, time. But why is it? Why, Fuck you. why did it get Fuck so? You. Why did it get so popular? Because it's ca- oh no 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 macarena. Macarena. It's just perfect for the movement, and I don't know how to also do the, the fucking nineties. Why? Why were the nineties in the nineties? It's so. Why weird. did the nineties ever exist? I was born in the nineties. So so, so was I. But uh, um, so. What we're gonna do today, Bill? What, what's we're we're gonna do good old James Stewart, J- better known as Jimmy Stewart. Yeah, uh, I think to most people. And this is a very fitting Christmasy time thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, ish. Kind of kick, kicking off the Christmas season here, ish. and one of his most well-known movies, probably by most people today, mm-hmm. um, is "It's a Wonder." It's a Wonderful Life, right? Um, Which we'll be seeing a lot of in the next. Yeah, month it's or gonna so. be on in the, a lot in the next month or so. But. Also, I want to throw this out there. This is gonna be another two-parter. Yeah, yeah, let's get that out right there right away, because the man did a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah, Bill, Bill was doing a lot of notes, and I looked at it, and it was <laughs> like, it was like six, it was like eight, eight, eight pages, pages and, and it was two sections, before I even dipped into it, and I looked at him, and I'm like, bro, we're not doing one episode on Jimmy Stewart, we can't do it, Yeah, you see, we're going to cut a lot of shit out, and there's a lot and there's of stuff, a lot of stuff. I don't and think a lot you of can it, cut it, you probably shouldn't in order to get a bigger picture I mean, of the guy. there's a reason, I was thinking about this on the drive over here today mm-hmm. that our subjects kind of seem to be getting longer and longer. Mm-hmm. And I think part of it's because we're getting better at research. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah. Probably. And part of it's because some of the topics we're covering are a little meatier. Yeah. And it's just that... It's fun to research them. It's fun to research yeah. them. You know, there's reasons that there's whole books dedicated to some oh, of yeah. these things. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so, I don't know. I didn't think when we initially started out with this podcast that, be that like we were doing yeah. multi, you know, a lot of episodes that were multi-parts, but that might have to become part of it depends it depends on the subject and yeah. how, how in depth we want to go with like, it we don't want to do it all the time obviously all right because I'm, I'm sure our listeners want the variety and don't want to have right. the same the same i mean we're stuff. probably not, i mean maybe gettysburg might be a three-part maybe i don't think i don't think i we'll still get, think it should be it probably should be i don't think we'll get beyond three for anything no i think that would be like our only three yeah and we probably wouldn't have many two-parters in but general it, honestly but, but it's, it's, it's something we could be doing so yeah so for this part of for this episode of the part one we're going to be talking strictly about his acting career yeah you know his early life and who he was as a person and then his acting career and then the part two is going to go into his his military career yeah and he was i i, I honestly didn't know he, you didn't know any he, about that no i didn't about, see i did i did know about and that I, 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 i'm i stand him i stand jimmy stand. stewart i'm a big fan <laughs> of jimmy stand. stewart's honestly yeah. like I mean, uh, understandably, we're, we're he's understandably, one, of the, one of the classic yeah. American icons. Yeah, and uh, it always seemed like pretty stand-up dude. Yeah. Um, even Which, when we're doing the, re- <laughs> even though I went that do, whole yeah. that whole rant <laughs> about like <laughs> about how everybody has two sides. But I, 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 we'll talk about his. I guess it's not really negative, but 
I mean, there's but stuff. We'll, we'll talk about some stuff. There's stuff that people probably won't find super attractive about him. Yeah. But most of is pretty great. Most mostly yeah. pretty good. So, you know, do you um, want to start off a little bit into... I mean, first off, I want to hear about... Because you talk about how much of a stand you are for him. Yeah. What's your, what's your first memory of seeing Jimmy Stewart? Um, Probably Rear Window. Uh, okay, yeah, the Hitchcock Gra- movie? Yeah, with Grace Kelly. I've actually never seen It's a Wonderful Life. Really? I've, that's that's probably the like probably the, the one, one I that, think about the most. About right. Him. My mom doesn't like it, so yeah, I didn't watch it. Yeah, um, Bill and I went into, into a whole rant before this recording. We're not going to go into it because it was it was um, <laughs> it's got a little heated, I guess. But <laughs> yeah, basically, it revolved, no, I mean, not heated, it revolved around me going, "What the fuck? <laughs> Have you not seen It's a Wonderful Life?" There's the one curse word, but uh, I yeah, like, I it's mean, not that big a deal. It's, it's really not, but because you know what the best Christmas movie is, right? The, okay, what is it? What do you think? Muppet Christmas Carol. Oh, go fuck yourself, Bill! And or White Christmas. Bill! Fuck this! I'm leaving. Oh, I've been waiting for this time. Now I can make it a Christmas... Red Rifle! Um, you didn't even get you it right. Eye, okay? It's Red Rider BB gun. Dumb shit. Doesn't know anything about Christmas movies. Another valid one is White Christmas with Bing Crosby and Danny Kaye. And Rosemary Clooney, and I'm gonna go blank on the other actress's name, but God is fantastic. You ever see White Christmas? Fantastic film. Christmas story, man, come on. Yeah, I mean, I love it, don't get me wrong. Come on, man. It's not a Muppet Christmas Girl. Come Michael Caine is Ebenezer Scrooge? Really? Oh, maybe I should see it then. You've never seen it? Fuck you! <laughs> I should be walking out! You piece of shit! It's Michael Caine! It's Michael Caine and Kermit the Frog! <laughs> Singing! Dancing! It brings joy to everyone! You Piece of shit, you fucking cock ass! You sit in your gut. Oh, self righteous prig. Get off your fucking throne. You throne of lies. Christmas lies. Oh man. Well, let's let's dive right into it. Right. Let's just do it. Let's get into it. it. Also, my earliest memory of Jimmy Stewart was actually his last film, which we'll get into. Really? You've seen that? I fucking love that. Really? I don't, th- I don't. I didn't recognize it when I looked at it. Tom and I watched the shit out of that movie. All right, dude, I, I don't, again, we, we mentioned we mentioned this last episode, but I wish we had cameras because Bill's eyes twinkled. <laughs> <laughs> we fucking twinkled. <laughs> Something else. All right. So when when was he born, and and where so, was he born? <clears throat> he was born a man. <laughs> <laughs> He's a PA icon, though, right? And most people don't know this about him. No. Um. Yeah. For real, though, he was born in Indiana, PA. On May 20th, 1908, and his full name is James Maitland Stewart. Um, is that Scottish? Actually, yeah, it is. Yeah. Good call. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you read the notes? No, I, I just oh, guess just, Scottish. Good, good, good guess. Oh, I see. Okay, I see that now. But. <laughs> yeah, making me irrelevant. That's probably, that's probably why I knew that, actually. Probably subliminally knew that. Never mind. Well, Go ahead. Maybe not, though. You're just good. Yeah. I'll just give it to you. Thank you, Bill. He was the son of El- Elizabeth Ruth and Alexander Maitland Stewart. Mm-hmm. Um, his parents owned a hardware store in Indiana. Indiana is a small town. Yeah, um, yeah. it's where IUP is now. Right. Uh, it's pretty much middle of nowhere, PA. Right. Being yeah. completely honest, like it's it's Western Central. Right. My aunt went to IUP. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, have you have you visited the town before? No, I've never been there. Mm-hmm. Um, I just know of it because of her and another people I know, I know who've IUP. Gone yeah. IUP. Um, yeah. They say there's nothing to do there. There's like three bars. Or I something. mean, there's there's a lot of um, Jimmy Stewart related stuff, which I'll right. touch on yeah, later. Yeah, but there's yeah, a statue it, it, and stuff. He, I'm sorry, but. no, no, that's no, okay. No, it, it's it's um, he is him and his family. Obviously, yeah. you mentioned is small town. If you if you own a hardware store in a small town, like everybody you get to, knows, you get you. to know everybody. Yeah. yeah. 
But especially then, everybody did their own repairs. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so wholesome. So he was raised Presbyterian, and like you said, he was Scottish, of Scottish yeah. descent. He was the oldest of three children. He had two younger sisters, Virginia Wilson Stewart and Mary Kelly Stewart. Mm-hmm. And he was actually interested in music. His mom was a pianist, and quite a talented one from what I was able to glean. Mm. But his father discouraged him from pursuing it. Uh, Gotta work in the mines, kid. No, well, probably not the, the mines. Yeah. But yeah, he was inherited to... Uh, to run the hardware store? He was expected to inherit the... Right hardware store um he wasn't really interested in it um, i mean i'm glad he didn't become a hardware i mean well, no, knowing his, nothing wrong with it no 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 nothing wrong but knowing with it. what he knowing, goes well, on to become also knowing the kind of person that he was he'd probably become the best damn hardware store owner in the world he would have been he probably <laughs> would have started an empire yeah. his dad actually once received an accordion as a gift and he, he accepted it even though he didn't like play he didn't play music he, right he wasn't that wasn't him so jimmy took it up and uh, taught himself how to play. And he actually would play like his entire life and he would really? do it like offset, you know, in between takes or he, he did a lot of stage work. That's so whimsical. Right. Just like sitting <laughs> around playing a fucking accordion. Like it's such Dude, a, he, no he was an old he, man when he was young. No wonder he was such a ladies man too. Like he was a ladies he man. Lady, but no wonder he like, dated some icons. Like, yeah. The, that accordion play got him, yeah. got him hooked. I mean, he was a handsome man. He was a handsome man. He was, he was six. He three. looked really like he aged well. Like he, he did. Age he well. looked like an like a handsome he, old dude. He was dude. distinguished. Yeah, yeah. But like young, like even in his forties, looked like an old dude. But like, yeah, like, like a handsome old dude. Yeah. But which became a problem in his acting career later on. But yeah, for, we'll, for, we'll yeah, yeah. So he actually attended Mercersburg Academy Prep School, and he graduated in 1928. Uh, he played football and was a high uh, high jumper in track. And he was actually trained by Jimmy Curran, who I looked into, and we have to do an episode on this guy. Mm-hmm. He was a, an Olympic uh, coach. Okay. And he trained like five Olympians to gold medals, but just his life is, is a, insane. He's from PA as well. From he's not from PA, but he died here. I think he lived most of his life here. Gotcha. Cool. He's a Boer War vet. Oh, for, uh, South Africa? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Don't oh. hear that one very often, No, right? not at all. Yeah. So I'd like to look into him. But back to Jimmy Stewart. Right. Uh, he was also the, he did tons of stuff in school. Which isn't shocking when right. you like when we get into his life, like the dude just did shit. Right. But he was the art editor of the Carux, I think it's pronounced yearbook. It's all caps K A R U X. Is that the local high school? Yeah. That's, yeah. That was pretty cool. He was a member of the choir club, the glee club, and the John Marshall Literary Society. And cool. during his first summer off, he worked as a brickloader for a construction company in his hometown of Indiana. He also did road and highway construction, but the next two summers, <laughs> this did you I'm just laughing. read this? this? Yeah, so I'm laughing. This is the yeah. first time you saw it? Uh, yeah. He took a job as an assistant for a professional magician. Like, does he like, just carry on the bunnies? Like, I don't he, know. What, do? what does his assistant to the magician My do? My lovely assistant, James Stewart. Oh, dude, did he get cut in half a couple times? Oh, actually, that would be dope. That would be hilarious. That'd be really cool. Wow. <laughs> I like. I, I want to make fun of magicians. No, magicians are cool. But Have you seen The Prestige? Come on. Cool. But no, I mean he's, was the man he and... spent a lot of his life on the stage. And, right. Like and he got an early taste for it. Exactly. Uh, I never would have pegged him for a magician fellow, but and that's no. that's still part of entertainment. But also like uh, that's yeah. cool. You know, good good for him. So his first on stage appearance was at Mercersburg and it was as Bouquet in uh stage play The Wolves. Um, do, you, do you know that? I've never heard of that. You know, I don't know it, actually. Mm-hmm. I was going to look into it and then just got sucked into all the other stuff about him. Fair enough, fair enough. But I, I encourage all of you to look look into it. 
if ever we come up on something, I don't know if we've ever said this before, but that we like talk about and we just kind of dismiss it. Ah, you, you know, you know, if you're yeah. interested, look into that. Yeah, we encourage you know. Or go- Google. Google's great. Or, or email us so we can email us. We'll look into it. Out, we'll, you know. we'll talk about the next episode. Fuck, go to your library. Yeah, dude. Go to libraries. Local libraries. They, they need great. The support. So, getting back to Stuart, he was actually a pretty shy kid, which is funny when like you think about like a movie star. Right. And he spent all his free time in his basement working on model airplanes, mechanical drawings, and chemistry because he wanted to be an aviator. Yeah, right. The, the Lindbergh flight was a big thing for him, right? Right. So when Lindbergh flew from Long Island, New York to Paris, France uh, in 1927 and is playing the Spirit of St. Louis, I think they might have, they might have called it the Spirit of St. Louis, I think, mm. as a nickname. I've heard that a lot. But it was the first solo flight from or, or across the Atlantic. It was the first right. solo trans, transatlantic flight and also the first nonstop flight between North America and the European mainland. But Stuart was 19 at the time, and he was sick with scarlet fever. So he just was, like, listening the whole time right. to the radio. Stuck, kind of like the Andy Warhol episode where yeah, he, exactly. he was sick he as was a young sick kid. And, and, and influenced. Yeah, that's pretty so cool. Yeah. And it's funny because Stuart actually would play Lindbergh later. Right. In the movie The Spirit of St. Louis. Yeah. So he wanted to go to the U.S. Naval Academy and become a pilot. Right. Which which we'll talk about a lot in the yeah, next episode. Yeah, in the next episode, we're yeah. going to get into a whole lot. His father absolutely discouraged this and insisted he went to Princeton instead. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess if you're not going to go to the Naval Academy, I guess your safety school can be Princeton. Yeah, when you when you say that like that, it's just it's yeah. it's, it's, it's a little funny. But <laughs> uh, but he began as an as an architect, kind of, right? It, it is kind of uh, it worked out for right. him and for everyone really. They went to Princeton, but it's kind of sad to see a dream deferred. Yeah. Uh, he embraced it, you know, hardcore emb- though. He I did mean, embrace it. Yeah. He actually started as an architecture major, and he embraced impressed his teachers so much with this airport design thesis that he was awarded a scholarship for graduate studies. He didn't take it. Oh, that's cool. Because he grew to love drama, and he joined drama and music clubs, and he joined the Princeton Triangle Club. Which have you heard of this? Mm-hmm. I didn't know about it either. But apparently, it's the oldest touring collegiate musical comedy troupe in the U.S. And he mainly like bit parts. Right. But he joined the university players um, in the summer of 32. And this was a summer theater stock company. And this was actually after he graduated. But it was mainly for students and recent graduates. Gotcha. And they'd include some pretty big names in the university players, including Henry Fonda and Margaret uh, Sullivan. Have you heard of her? I'm sure you've heard of Henry Fonda. I haven't heard of Margaret Sullivan, though. She was a huge movie star. Was she? And Yeah. And Stuart and Fonda and Sullivan all were friends. Sullivan and Fonda actually dated at this time before they had a falling out. But Fonda and Stuart were like best friends. Right. And, and they would say best friends for like the brace of their whole lives. Yeah. Right? Pretty much their whole lives. Um, despite some differences that I don't know if you did you talk about that? <laughs> yeah. Did yeah. Really? Did, okay. Yeah. Good. It's really interesting actually. Yeah. But they shared an apartment with Joshua Logan and Myron McCormick who were actually pretty famous would become pretty famous. Uh, actors of stage, screen, and radio. Right. More stage which, and radio. Which again, like, and this is as an aside, it's really interesting how these actors from this time period embraced all those different... different right. Avenues. They did everything. They did... Radio was still huge. I mean... Radio shows were enormous. Then than now, but... Yeah. They, they embraced it. They, they still... It's podcasts are kind of bringing that back. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. A little bit. Because I, I listen to a couple that are like... Fiction. Yeah. But... But again, mostly you're not really going to see too many uh, famous actors go on like like a no. fictional podcast. But you'll see them a lot on like interview podcasts, and right? Like that. But he 
took the creative side of things and embraced it. So he would right. you would play roles on radio. Well, I mean, and that's cool. There was a long time when radio acting was all the act, you know, yeah, outside the of stage was but, that yeah. was huge. Like Little Orphan Annie was on every week. That's yeah, that's true. That's uh true. The Lone Ranger, that was a radio yeah. program. Yeah. Good old podcast, bring it all back, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I've I've listened to a couple um podcasts like I have fictional ones. I've had some stars on them. Um really? mainly comedy ones. That's true. Bubble was one. Cool. Shout Pretty out good. Bubble. Yeah. Shout us back. Shout us back. That's how I tweeted Ike Barinholtz. <laughs> or was not it? Ike Barinholtz. Um, Paul F. Tompkins. Okay, cool. I'm Paul Tompkins. But Stewart then debuted on Broadway in 1932. Um, so like that summer or that year, probably right. like later in that year. And Carrie Nation, it was a, it was a really small part. Hmm. But he was on Broadway. Yeah, good for him. I mean, that's it's pretty fucking impressive. I couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> And he then appeared as a chauffeur in Goodbye Again. And he only had two lines. But this is what the New Yorker said. Mr. James Stewart's chauffeur comes on for three minutes and walks off to a round of spontaneous applause. Ah, so, so he made, he made he, the most of his yeah, own. Like, nice. to be, to have two lines and be to, on the stage be for three on, minutes and get review? mentioned by name in a review. Yeah. Not just the chauffeur does a nice job. Yeah. Mr. James Stewart. That's, that's really impressive. So he had a stage that's presence. True. Yeah, that's true. Nineteen from nineteen thirty-two to thirty-four, it was a struggle for Stewart, and not only him. You know, these are the throes of the depression, right? And he was known to say that he only worked for like three months during that time. But his role in the play Yellow Jack convinced him to keep acting because he was he was kind of getting close to quitting and right. going back. Yeah, when it, you're hungry, it's what happens. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. Cool. I mean, you're you're struggling to even get a piece of bread maybe you know and some beans yeah but it did convince him to keep acting fonda on the other hand had been doing pretty well um mm. he had gotten some pretty big roles on broadway and actually went to hollywood so after he went to hollywood stewart was able to attract the attention of an mgm skill scout bill grady because stewart actually started getting better roles when fonda left oh gotcha so. um which you know happens but so Grady saw him in the opening night of Divided by Three, which also had it had a bunch of like famous people in the crowd, right. including like Ber- Irving Berlin and Moss Hart and actually Henry Fonda. Man, that's those are some names. What a trio right there, huh? Yeah, I uh, as an aside, I don't know much about early cinema and like the fifties and the Golden Age. Well, Berlin's age, a composer. Golden Age, Silver Age, Gold, Silver, Silver Age. I think right, Golden. Yeah. Either way, Regardless. don't don't yeah. I don't know too much about that. One of the things I'm always fascinated about, but just never really got into. But um, I mean, you've heard of Irving Berlin, right? No. Oh, really? Irving Berlin. He's a composer. Is he? He was. Um, his. Did he do a Star Wars theme? Is that what that was? I'm gonna hit you. <laughs> Listen to some of his music. Yeah, I think you'll be I, I pleasantly will. surprised. His piano is uh, here in Philadelphia. Really? At the Jewish American Museum. Okay, well, that's 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 neat. I'll I'll take a dive into that then. Yeah, Henry Fonda is Jane see, Fonda's dad. See. I knew that. I, I knew. I knew Henry Fonda. Moss Hart. I don't know as well. Yeah. But um, just gonna throw those out there. I am just like you, the listener. Where if I find something that I really don't know about that Bill told me for the first time, I look into it afterwards and I get surprised. And I sometimes I'm like, "Whoa, this is cool shit!" And how did I not know this? So I am just like you, the listener. I I just it hit me that I just absorb shit, dude. Like a sponge. I have so many different realms of interest. It is almost frightening. Like, and I, I relate to that too. But uh, Bill just. Bill's better at retaining information. I do retain a lot. Than I, I am. Don't, I don't know why. But hey, good for you, Bill. But, but uh, yeah, yeah. But, I'm a, we're renaissance men. 
I guess we are. Uh, just just like just like good old Mr. Jim just Stewart. Just like Jimmy Stewart. And his accordion. He was a true Renaissance man. <laughs> his accordion. He just carried it everywhere with him in little case. Uh, oh, that would be adorable. Right. He probably did, dude. <laughs> he probably did. It's probably like his uh, one possession. So so you mentioned but, how Fonda you know, so yeah, really, ha- really had a hand. He had a, he had a big influence on Stewart, and he encouraged him to take a screen test with MGM after Grady had contacted him. Right. And he was actually hired in April of 1935 as a contract player. Uh, and this was up for up for up to seven years at three hundred fifty dollars a week. Mm. Oh, dude, I wish I had my uh, my inflation calculator out. What? Yeah, yeah, but that, that's I mean, that doesn't I'm, seem like that much. But I, no, no, I'm, sure no, I'm sorry. Like, okay, that seems like a good amount. No, it seems like a pretty week, good amount. Yeah, per, yeah, that's pretty. I mean, solid. even today, that's seven hundred dollars for two weeks. I mean, there's people making that now. Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah and inflation probably makes that. I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah. About a thousand a week. Probably. Yeah. So you know, anyway, don't take that. Don't take. Bad. Don't take that for for fact. But right. you know, that's but, that's not that bad. But his first job at MGM was actually to help screen test uh, budding starlets, mm-hmm. and he had trouble getting roles due to his gangly looks and shy, humble screen screen presence. Mm-hmm. Which, like, I, I'm assuming again that most people are most familiar with his A Wonderful Life. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it, but just judging off of his other movies like that's how he was yeah like yeah, he was he, just kind of a he, humble dude on screen he melded that into his character yeah which as an aside a lot of his westerns kind of goes against that too yeah he's a little he's a little more aggressive in his more westerns. aggressive in his westerns but yeah which was a lot of his later work yeah that's that's also true his first unbilled appearance was in a shemp howard comedy short art trouble in 1934 do you know who shemp howard is no it's one of the three stooges really yep shemp yeah yeah yeah, shemp. yeah, yeah. nice um, he was in a Spencer Tracy movie, The Murder Man, in 1935. Spencer Tracy was a huge star, hmm. and this was actually really poorly received, though. Yeah, I mean, when you're when you're in the business, and we'll get to this later, but when you're in the business for that long, he had a lot of poorly received stuff too. Oh yeah, it's gonna be. Uh, he did sh- like not yeah. over 90 well, movies. Mean, Liam Neeson does movies all the time, and they're not all good. But he's That's you true. know he's a great actor. Yeah, even even Marlon Brando's been in some stunk some stunk. Uh, yeah, like one his uh, Island of Doctor Moreau. Yep. Rosemary was an adaptation of a pretty popular operetta. And this came out in 1936. And this was pretty well received, actually. Okay. So that's um, good. So he kind of balanced, balanced out. out. Yeah. Because yeah. the danger is if you're in too many of these bad movies, you get, you get right. pegged then you into a certain and you're role. Like, Shit. And then, and then you, it's really hard to break out from that. So. Yeah. So he actually dated Ginger Rogers during this time after her divorce. Why is that name familiar? Ginger Rogers was a huge was star. Familiar. She yeah. was gorgeous. Oh, my God. I'm gonna Google her right yeah, now. I'm gonna Google her right now. Yeah, but she was a big star. And that fizzled out, and he had a, a lot of these romances that were kind of in and out. Um, oh, she was pretty. Oh, she was gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. Ginger Rogers was a smoke show. But during this time in 35, 36 era, uh, he actually ran into Margaret Sullivan again, and she campaigned for him to be the leading man in her rom com "Next Time We Love" that would come out in 36. And she like worked extensively with him one on one to buff up his acting skills. Right. Um, and she worked on his confidence and encouraged him to embrace his unique mannerisms, the way he'd speak, his his hand motions, his kind of his tics, really. Right. Because we all have them. We all have right. tics. Like, I don't think most people call them that, but that is what they are. Right. She wanted him to use his boyish charm as part of his natural style. Because he was charming. He was he was kind of yeah. like this, oh, gee, shucks kind of guy. Like, well, you, you said the word gangly, which is which is not a good reference or a good way to describe it. But think about, like, every time... Have this, you, have six you, foot three, hundred, not even a hundred fifty pound guy... You know, right? Yeah. So, have you ever seen? Have you ever given a speech and then seen a recording of your own speech? 
Yeah. It's the same concept where we all have different things that we keep crutches, I guess. We keep relying on them and, right. and going back to these different same motions and same kind of speech patterns. It's the same thing with, with, with acting coaching, I guess, yeah. except instead of giving it on you know on a one-on-one basis in a speech, you're interacting with other people around right. you. And you have so, to make it seem natural to that character. Exactly, exactly, because not everything that you do will relate to a character that you're supposed to play. Right. And that's it, a good you, lesson you can't me. You can't be enclosed in on yourself if you're a war general. Exactly. Yeah. And th- those are the kind of things that really propelled them, I guess. War general? Did you say war general? I did. I meant to say civil war general, but I didn't say civil. He was a war soldier. <laughs> I'm an idiot. <laughs> You're not an idiot. Okay, let, let's let's uh, let's move on from there. I don't want to keep badgering your... Yeah. <laughs> so in 36, he actually got the IT agent, um, Leland Hayward, who decided that the best move for Stewart's career would actually be to loan him out to other studios. To move away from MGM? Well, or no. Open yourself up? So the practice at this time was you contracted with the studio. Right. Much like... Disney has with Marvel actors right now. Right, right. But it's it was different then. Like, that studio owned your contract, and you weren't really... You couldn't work for other studios. But they would loan you out to other studios if they were compensated back. So, kind of like in in soccer now? Yeah. Yeah, that's actually... System. That's perfect. Yeah. Okay. Okay, that, well, okay, so he was able to convince MGM to... To, to let him let do that, that. Let yeah. that happen. Which is pretty good. I mean, if, if you need to develop as an actor, why, you know, why not? Yeah. Why, not, why avoid the risk of him starring in a, in a movie and flopping? Right. If he can flop. And if he, and and if he does really well, you can then always you just come bring back. Him back. Yeah. That's a good um, move. And they, they went for it. Um, Could you imagine Marvel loaning out, like, no. Uh, nope. Anyone? Nope. <laughs> you want to star in a Sony movie? Go right Kevin ahead. Kevin Feige. Well, go right ahead. They actually did with Robert Downey Jr. and Spider Man Homecoming. But that's a different. But they got joint they got things. Joint, we're not going to get into it. It's a different thing. All right, good we're, we're not going to get into it. But, I was going to say like like loaning out, loading out. It'd be out. more like loaning them out for an X Men movie. No, loaning them out to a DC movie. Okay, to, you that's, that's what I mean. Like something ridiculous like that. But so, yeah, yeah. Chris Evans playing Superman. Basically. That W. That's what I was trying to figure out what studio DC did. But anyway, tangents. Yeah, this was our, and so he was while he was being loaned out, he started to become a little more well known. And he actually began this brief, tempestuous romance with Norma Shearer, um, who was a Hollywood icon. Hmm. Like, she was a queen. Then this was in 38, and her late husband, um, he'd been dead for two years at this time, hmm. uh, Irving Thalberg, had been the head of production at MGM. Hmm. So, as, you know, do, do you think they had, like, those uh, publicity relationships like they do nowadays? Probably. Yeah. Hollywood's uh, Hollywood. Yeah. You know, do you, think that, do you think that was real though, or? Oh, I think he probably did everything he did earnestly. Yeah, that's, I, that's a good point. I don't know about for everyone else, you know, right. but I think he, I, I do think he did everything earnestly. I don't know how could you not fall in love with the guy? Yeah, he was. He, was a, he seemed like a good friend. Yeah, he actually at this time, this is this was really huge for his career. Right, was when he began a business partnership with director Frank Capra of Columbia Pictures. And he, they worked on multiple films together because Capra actually preferred Jimmy Stewart to other stars such as like Clark Gable, Ronald Coleman, and Gary Cooper. You, you know Clark Gable and right, Cooper, yeah, I'm sure, I, I, right? Yeah, I know exactly, yeah. And then he was later known to say that, or he was quoted as saying, rather, of, of Stewart, I think he's probably the best actor who's ever hit the screen. Yeah, that's high praise. That's really high praise. Yeah, and, and Capra did uh, probably... He filmed probably the, the most well-known films. 
that he's going to with Ubisoft, right? I'm assuming. I mean, I, some of... Ex- I'm, uh, I'm taking away the Hitchcock ones. No, yeah. I'll take that back. Yeah, I'll take that back. Yeah, because they had a really, really yeah, great relationship there. But they did work together on You Can't Take It With You, which was the 1938 Best uh, Picture Academy Award winner. And it's a comedy. Tom, actually, my brother, mm. played Jimmy Stewart's character Tony uh, in high school for this. Shout out to Tom. Was, yeah. he, was, was he... Was he was he? He played. He, play, he, he played him in his own style. He didn't play him in Jimmy's style, which I think was better. Yeah, I mean, because it's really tough to do a six foot three lanky guy if you're Tom. Yeah, Sorry, I mean, Tom, I'm just, <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm like six foot. Tom's shorter than I am. Yeah. So I'm five foot eight, and I can't, you know, I can't imagine playing it. Yeah. Tom's probably five ten. Is he? Yeah. He's taller than you. Yeah. No yeah, offense. He? Yeah. I'm a little boy. Yeah, he's tiny. <laughs> but, but he did. You know, Tom did a great job with it. But yeah, I mean, Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> yeah. And then they worked together on Mr. Smith Goes to Washington in 1939. And I love this movie. Mm. This is a fantastic movie. Have you, you've never I don't think seen I've seen it. it. I don't think I've you seen should, it. You would really enjoy this movie. Yeah. Um, it's all about he's an idealist. He's elected to Congress um, from the, some Midwestern state. I can't remember which. And he's just horrified by the corruption in D.C. And it's kind of a comedy drama. Like he falls in love right. with his assistant and blah, blah, blah. But he goes on a... Uh, filibuster right and because he they want to i forget what they want to do it's something corrupt and he, he it, it would affect his town uh and he just stands and he you know you can keep talking as as long as you keep talking you can filibuster all goddamn as long as you can hmm. um and he just reads from the dictionary and, he, and they, they bring him books and different things so right. he can just stand up there and talk and talk so he can finally like just kind of beat them into submission uh, it's really, really. I think it's a really good movie. Um, yeah. It's preserved in the Library of Congress as well. He, he, yeah, he, he had a he has a bunch. A bunch of, we'll go out later, but yeah. uh, so but, I, should, I should probably dip into that then. Uh, it was his first Academy Award nomination for Best Actor. Right. He had five nominations. It was his first. Right. Great movie. Great movie. Can't recommend it enough. So it's it's really interesting. After having all the success, at, it's at this part of his career. And again, think about yeah. the context. Like just leaving like he's, the, he's doing well now, and then leaving the Great Depression, and you know, yeah. going from those lows and living high. well. Yeah, and you know, so his his father actually had some some thoughts on that, right? With yeah, with, so his father hated that he was in Hollywood. Said he he was always trying to get him to come back and and forget its sinful ways, mm-hmm. and and return to live Indiana PA to live a lead. A decent life. Mm-hmm. Stewart actually took a secret trip to Europe during this time to get away from all the stress that his family was putting on him. And, you know, Hollywood causes stress. Right. I know everyone's always like, oh, actors live this gilded life, blah, blah, blah. And to a degree, yes. But it's a stressful life. It's a stressful life. Especially too. when your family doesn't doesn't, doesn't believe in it. Yeah. And he picked a really bad time to yeah. go to Europe, didn't he? Because he got home in 39, right before Germany invaded Poland. Like, yeah. right before. That's so crazy, the way the, way the world works and how... Unreal. How close that would have been to Unreal. shifting the world, we the way we view media, yeah. you know, without him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we'd still have those movies, but well, we'll, we'll yeah. yeah, we'll get into that later. But it's it's really interesting. So when he got back, he continued to have success in film and radio, uh, in both comedy and drama. He starred in. I'm just gonna go through these through a couple real quick. Mm-hmm. He starred in the 1940 film The Mortal Storm. I want to talk about this one because of its content. Okay. Um, it was directed by Frank. I think it's Borzaghi, or I, that's the only way I could. Yeah, B O R Z A G E. I can't imagine it would be Borzage. Yeah, I Borzaghi. Yeah. And it was a rare film for Hollywood at this time because it was blatantly anti-Nazi. Yeah. So basically, at the time, if I understand this correctly, everyone just avoided talking <laughs> they didn't talk about, about. They didn't want Germany. to sniff it. They didn't want to touch it. They mm-hmm. they didn't talk about it. 
with star Stewart and Margaret Sullivan as friends turned lovers who get caught up in Hitler's rise to power in Germany, and they actually are literally hunted down by their own friends. Mm. So this is that's it, bold. That's it's bold. bold stuff, it's a yeah. bold move. He also starred in the Philadelphia Story in 1940. Another great film. If you've never seen, it, definitely want to. I, yeah, I have a lot of need to, I need to watch here. Um, and and you know, if I get some people don't like classic movies, I was raised. I like on classic them. movies. Yeah. Um, this was the one that won him his Best Actor Academy Award, and he actually beat out Henry Fonda for his role in The Grapes of Wrath, which is another great movie. Yeah. But Stewart actually thought his performance was entertaining and slick and smooth, but lacked the guts of Mr. Smith. So it's it's always funny people have their uh, like their their, role. their favorite roles yeah. that they've played and then. They end up getting recognized for things they don't view as. as yeah. So I always find that interesting with with, with creative. It's kind types, of funny. You know? Well, I, and I think too part of it's because Mr. Smith he plays a very earnest, idealistic man. True. In the Philadelphia Story, he's a fast talking reporter. Okay, so you didn't identify with it as much. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. But he did give his Oscar statuette to his father, and it seems like he. I guess his father kind of got over his reticence about hollywood because mm. he displayed it in this display case he had in his hardware store right inside the front door that had uh other family awards and a bunch of military medals that's really cool i didn't know that yeah that, that's, that's really, really nice, nice. Yeah, it, it feels it, good do you do you, uh, as an aside there's no way to know this do you think him playing the role in um in the moral storm how to i think maybe, that maybe probably um I, in the next episode we'll talk more about right. his family and some of their Back, their their war yeah. their military yeah, yeah. Um, that's just my guess because they've been know. around a long time and they served in the revolution even right yeah he's he's part of the um uh oh what's that sons of the revolution sons of the, yes thank you sons of the, the revolution yeah. really... after that he appeared in a couple of screwball comedies with you know like varying degrees of success probably just want to do some fun stuff yeah i mean comedies were huge that was also the comedies um, have always been huge but that was a major part of the film industry during that time period people wanted happy movies during right. the world the, the well, yeah they the, didn't want to forget their period. problems so i don't think there was there were many options for him otherwise no probably honestly. not yeah and it's around this time when he actually got drafted um and well he did get drafted in 1940 right um and prior to being drafted he had appeared already appeared in 28 films yeah it's a lot yeah in a pretty small amount of time basically yeah eight years i right? mean they also produced films much faster then true i mean when you look at the imdb pages for classic actors like, they like, appeared like, hundreds like of films. Like six, seven movies yeah. in a year or something. Like John Wayne was in all these movies and stuff. Yeah. And, and he's not even, you know, Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. Uh, but having said that, we're going to skip the war part of his career for now. Uh, yeah. The, his, the war years um, right. or in the military. And let's talk about when he got back from the war and how he acted, what, right. what he acted in that. Right. So after the war, he took some time off of making movies. He mm-hmm. went into some of his, like, you know, personal passions, which we'll talk about later. But he dove right into it in 1946 with yeah. It's a Wonderful Life. It was his final uh, Frank Capra production, which, again, he had that really famous relationship with and yeah. produced, I think, three movies that are in the, uh, the, the Library of Congress I, I with him. I believe so, yeah. And pretty well, amazing. It would probably, it's Stuart, or it's Mr. Smith, uh, Wonderful Life, and... Philadelphia story with Capra, right? Yeah, yeah. that, that are there. Yeah, they're so I think it's those three. But it was his first role after, after the war, and initially, it's one of those things where it's not always received with huge, yeah, huge praise right away. But it's one of those growers. So grower, not a shower. Grower, not a shower. I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> but it, it grew into into this claimed classic, right? And it's people love it. People love it. I I really enjoy it. It's obviously a, a, a holiday 
landmark. You know, yeah. It's always it's always going to be played twenty four seven on Christmas Day in certain channels. But it's he considers to be his favorite project, not his favorite role, just his favorite, his favorite overall project. project. And you know, I mean, it was viewed so positively by some people at the time. Yeah. You know, I mentioned not everyone loved it right away, but Henry Truman, he he saw a movie and he, he said, uh, he's quoted saying, if Bess and I had a son, we'd want him to be just like Jimmy Stewart. It's pretty high and praise. And that's great. That's great praise. <laughs> that's great praise. Truman's all right. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, yeah. most I, part. I, you know, uh, can, we, can, we do, can we do a... Um... I was on the USS Harry S. Truman for its uh, christening. Were you? Yep. That's pretty The aircraft cool. carrier. Where was this? Norfolk, Virginia. Nice. My uncle was a military officer in Norfolk. Nice. Or, uh, excuse me, medical officer in the Navy. Yeah, Truman. Truman's Still is, a, Truman's technically. a fascinating character, too. Yeah, Truman's uh, a, an really, interesting really guy. Really fascinating guy. Um, um, but you know, you know which president had a house in Pennsylvania that's not from Pennsylvania? Was it Truman? Nope. Who was it? Eisenhower. Has a farm outside of Gettysburg. Do you think he's just sentimental because of his general background? Partly. Yeah, that's pretty cool. My, my mom's wanted to go for years and we're always like, no. You can, you can visit work. it? Yeah, it's a museum. Oh, that's pretty neat, actually. I, I, Next time I go to Gaze, I'll have to do that with my whole family. I'll, I'll take her. Hmm. So anyway, as an, as a yeah, as sorry an aside, about that, but... as an aside, I would it. Let's make a little agreement. I'm gonna watch. Which one do you gonna watch first? If Smith mm. goes Washington. Or... Have you seen the Hitchcocks? Um, I should. I always want to see Vertigo. I haven't seen oh, it yet, though. So good. Right, have you so... seen the Man Who Knows Too Much? No. Or I haven't Re- seen. You haven't seen Rear Window. No, which oh one? Which one God, would you prefer? I, think, I don't know. All right, I'll, um, I'll, all right, I'll watch. My fa- I think you'd really like the man who knows too much is really good. Okay. As Doris Day in it, she sings. Okay, all right. So, all right, I'll watch that if you watch. It's Grace Wonderful Life. So let's let's yeah. do that then. Yeah. All right, all right. But so right after this movie, he had a couple of flops, and yeah. they they weren't you know terribly noteworthy. But he did focus on a kind of a new path from yeah. this point on. He went into the world of westerns and suspense films, which is again we well, westerns were huge then too. They were they were really big. The spaghetti back then. western was right. So spaghetti westerns are referred to westerns that are filmed in Italy or yes. made by Italian directors, right? Yeah, hilarious name. <laughs> Love that. Oh, it's great. Yeah, but almost all of his westerns were were directed by Anthony Mann. So yeah. it's it's really interesting how and we see this still today with, with actors and directors, but you'll have a a, a director and a, a production crew Wes that, Anderson and Bill Murray. Exactly. They they have the same guys that keep coming in. If you think about all of Christopher Nolan's movies, they all have Christian yeah. Bale in it. And Michael Caine. Mike and Michael Caine as well. He Tim basically Burton and Johnny Depp. Tim Burton. Yeah, that, that's a, that's a definitely a big one. So he Basically had a relationship with, with Capra and then now with Man with Westerns and then with Hitchcock yeah. with suspense right. movies. So he for every genre he had this he built relationships he built, with, yeah, with his directors. Somebody. So he usually played the a tough, troubled cowboy character that would seek redemption. Kind of a big step away from the charming, boyish Yeah, it's you know. it's definitely a, a step away. Have you seen any of these movies? You know, I actually haven't. I've never been really attuned to westerns. Well, but you know what? I think I've seen the man from Laramie. I do like westerns. I just, I, I, I may have seen usually watched John actually. Wayne. Yeah, yeah. I I never really I never really associated with Jimmy Stewart as a Western guy, but but he did. He, he spent a huge amount a of time of his, of his life doing yeah. it. So I'm just gonna list a few of them. Mm-hmm. You may have seen them, may have not, as you the listener. Uh, so 1950, he did uh, Arrow, and he also did uh, a radio program, which again we talk about how yep. big radio They're programs big. were back then. He did something called the Six Shooter. That's same year 1950. So he's a busy man. Yeah. Uh, 1952, he did Bend of the River. 
And then in 53, did The Naked Spur, which I think I might have seen, actually. I might have seen The Naked Spur as well. Uh, he did The Far Country in 54, and then The Man from Laramie in 55. I've definitely seen The Man from Laramie. Uh, and they're all considered classics in the Western Western yeah. world. And that was, that was a part of his life. He also did suspense movies. Yeah. So Hitchcock was the guy in terms of these suspense movies that and oh, he, he built a relationship with the world. So in 44... He was an asshole. He was an asshole. Have you seen that that new movie that came out about his life? Like, Hitchcock? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I saw parts of it. I didn't see the full thing. Okay. I've done research on Hitchcock just because I find okay, it fascinating. So, yeah. so it's you know, probably... he threw birds at Tippy Hedren. Did he? Yeah, to, to get her... A, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was kind of... Well, he had these tactics that... Um, I always think about Jared Leto and his, like, diving into Mailing the, the condoms and shit to people, yeah. yeah. Same kind of idea. I guess it worked. He made great movies, didn't he? I mean, Hitchcock, she, not Leto. she never worked. Yeah. She didn't work in... Because she, she got so fed up with him, she walked out. All right. And she, he told her after the film she would never work in the film film industry again until he... As long as he was alive. And she didn't work in a major film until he died. Wow. That's how much power he had. He was an asshole. Yeah, he was. But he made, made movies. great movies. <laughs> so in 48, he, he, and he did four movies together. They did four movies yeah. together. 48, he did Rope. Yep. And then 1954, Rear Window, as, so as you mentioned. Have you seen Disturbia? No. Oh, uh, with, with Shia LaBeouf? Shia LaBeouf? I think so, maybe. So basically, Same it's idea. a remake of Rear, remake of Rear Window. Okay, There's so, another one coming out. Okay, so I'll... There's I'll, also a Rear Window remake. Don't want... The, the original's so much better. It's... it's as, as it usually, Jimmy and Grace as it usually Kelly. is, yeah. Um, in '56, uh, he made the movie "The Man Who Knew Too Much." Fantastic, fantastic! It's a political thriller. Who's in that one as well? Who's the uh, star? I believe it's Doris Day. Um, she sings "K Sarah Sarah," hmm. and it's it's they're in Marrakesh. Oh, cool! Really, really good movie. Really enjoy that movie. Uh, he, yeah, like I said, political thriller. He plays a diplomat. Hmm. I usually into those, so I'll, I'll probably enjoy that. Yeah. Maybe I'll watch that one instead. Um, and then fifty eight, his last movie he did with Hitchcock was Vertigo, so, which fantastic. I think was one of uh, Hitchcock's uh, more personal it's, movies. Like yeah. he, I think he, uh, I think is one of Hitchcock's favorites. I think. I think so too. Um, um, so he in in the fifties he received his final Academy Award nomination in fifty nine. Again, he he only won that his yeah. his one award um, for uh, Philadelphia Story. Philadelphia Story, right? Uh, but that was his last nomination for the Academy Awards in fifty nine, uh, and his. Just skip ahead. He, he did a lot of movies oh, from that point constantly. on for the next 20 years or so. His final on-screen role was in 1980 for The Green Horizon. Yeah. And his final actual acting credit... Is this the one that you mentioned? Yep. So his final acting credit was was actually a voiceover for a cartoon. Yep. It was for an American tale... How do you say that? Fievel. Fievel. Fievel, my son! <laughs> it was for... Thomas his, gets for, it. <laughs> for, his, for his voice work. Uh, who did he play in that? He was the dog sheriff. Have I seen this movie now? He's an Ameri- it's an American tale. Five will goes west. You know who else was in this movie? Fucking Dom DeLuise. Dude, I'm sure Janet Toyga. Toyga the cat. And uh, they go, give him the lazy eye. <laughs> John Cleese is in it as the villain cat. You've mentioned this before to me. I have definitely. You've, you've 110% I've definitely mentioned, mentioned, you've this, mentioned movie. this before to me. Because uh, Janet's definitely seen because we talked I about think it. Yeah, yeah, Jan's seen this before too. But Tom and I, every once in a while, we'll just text each other. Give him the lazy <laughs> Oh my god, dude! All right. This is the first movie you should fucking watch. <laughs> I fucking love this movie. I'm not kidding. It is. It's a Don Bluth movie. It's great. It's a great cartoon. I love how passionate you get over cartoons. I love it. Cartoons are great. I think they're an underrated medium for telling stories. It's bullshit. People are like, oh, they're only for kids. That's they're ass. not. They're not for kids. Shrek uh, is love. Shrek is life. 
I, 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 we, we beat around the, the bush here in, in, in terms of the Pokemon thing that we've, we, that happened with us once, but I don't know if, have we ever told the story? I don't want to tell the story in this episode. I'm going to. No. So, so no. when, when the Pope, no. when the Pope no. was, <laughs> when the, no. do you say in the next one? Fucking say it. I can't, I can't build a suspense. So in, in, when the Pope came a few years ago to, <laughs> to the city, uh, Pope, we, ne- Pope never comes. <laughs> Um, uh, so when the, Pope, my son. when the Pope came to Philly, uh, we, I think Carly Simon did the uh, song for that movie. I, uh, I, I live, I was living in Manning at, at the time with, with Jan and Bill was, all, Bill was still in the same place, I think. Or, yeah. You were still, you're still in the same place. Yeah. I and, um, so Bill came over cause it was, it was a, it was a cause rocket. You couldn't get out of the city and we were basically yeah. trapped for the weekend. We just drank. So, so we just drank and, and watched and, Flash Gordon. And watched Flash Gordon. And then I don't know how we got to this point, but I, I, we we watched a little bit of Pokemon, and and that we, po- oh, po- we Pokemon po- we the movie. We watched Pokemon the movie, and then I don't know what what possessed because you're I, a fucking monster. Because I because I looked, you did this. I looked, don't you even was, fucking was, say it was, we. It was it was it was, a, it was a Pokemon porn, right? It was, yeah, this piece of shit. Pikachu, pulls right? A Pikachu and Ash and Misty are fucking, and Pikachu's jerking off. Going, oh yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's great. He's got this, this dick that's as big as his fucking body, and I'm I'm screaming, so you, literally you, screaming. You, Bill's, Bill's Your cats are running around. Janet's losing it. She's laughing so hard, and I'm just like, I'm gonna throw the fuck up. This is actually, I want to gouge my goddamn eyes out. <laughs> so the Pope's funny. in the city, and the most unholy thing in the world is happening. <laughs> Do you think they'll? And now we have Ryan Reynolds as the Texas Pikachu. Do you you think? Do you think world's sexiest Pikachu? Do you think they're gonna? They're gonna reenact that as a cutscene? Fucking kill. Deadpool doing Pokemon. So yeah. So um, Bill loves cartoons, and I ruined one of his favorite cartoons by showing him a a pornographic version of one of his favorite cartoons. So um, fucking monster. To to bring us down a little bit. Uh, let, let's let's talk about some of the honors that uh, he, he well, collected first, through his life. Jimmy Stewart appeared in ninety in over ninety yeah, yeah. films, TV programs, and short subject programming. Yeah, that's that's a huge amount of, of work he's done in his life. Uh, Bill's so mad at me right now. I love it. Um, so he received uh, many accolades throughout his life in a lot of different different, yeah, different industries. Different, so different film industry divisions. is military career, which we'll, we'll talk about. Yeah. Well, I'm going to leave all of his military for honors the, for I, the next episode, yeah. so I'll, I'll cover those. I won't cover those here. Um, but he also receives honorary degrees and tributes for his performance, but also his humanitarianism. Is that I said that right? Yep. And uh, and his um, his contribution to the world of art, performing arts. So for the Oscars, again, he won his Best Actor Award in 1941, Philadelphia Story. The only one he won, nominated four yep. other times. Uh, he also re- received a Lifetime Achievement Award in 1985. Well deserved. For the Oscars, definitely well deserved. Uh, for the Golden Globes, he did win the Best Actor for a TV ca- for the TV category yeah. in uh, 1974 for the, for the show Hawkins. Uh, and he was also nominated for two other, uh, I believe there were actually films, not TV shows, at the, um, yeah. throughout his career for Golden Globes. they were like TV movies. Yeah, he only won the, the, the uh, 1974 yeah. category. He also achieved or received the Cecil B. DeMille Award in 1965, essentially the Golden Globes version of the yeah. uh, Lifetime Achievement Award. Um, so it, as of 2018, there have been 11 films starring Stewart preserved in the Library of Congress. I mentioned a, we mentioned right. the, the first couple, Ariel, but they're considered to be 
culturally historic, culturally historically or aesthetically significant. That's um, really impressive. Eleven it films. Is. Yeah, I a lot of the Hitchcock ones as well. Yeah, uh, combined with with his earlier uh, Capra ones. You know, some of them might have been his. Some of the military promotional. Yeah, yeah, probably. that's a good point. Yeah, because he he did a lot of he did a lot of uh, ads for. Yeah. Well, he, he military, did like a but whole also, military film at one point. He didn't like doing it. We'll, we'll cover it in the next okay. episode. But he he would under duress, um, right? Uh, he 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 was also uh, you know we'll talk about it. Maybe I'll leave this for the next one. But he did a lot of stuff with the Boy Scouts too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so in at BYU in Utah, which again I'm not sure why this is the case, but yeah, the, I don't the light yeah either. Uh, honestly, I think they just paid for it. But well, I'm the, sure. Yeah, the, the library at BYU. No, I do know why. Why? Because of his military background. BYU is, is really? No, but that whole region of the country has a ton of Air Force bases. Oh, yes, yes. That, okay, that actually clicks. Definitely. So at BYU, at the library... I'm sure they paid for it too. But. A prime mixture of both. But it houses a lot of his personal papers and movie memorabilia, including you know different letters and scrapbooks, as well as recordings of some of his earliest radio programs. I would love to get in that room. But then you have to live in Utah, though. I could visit. I'd love to visit Utah. Apparently, Jan, Jan says it's really pretty. According well. to, or, yeah, yeah, I was going to say, apparently it's gorgeous. Yeah. So he was honored by the, the, the Freedoms Foundation at Valley Forge um, mm-hmm. in February of 1980 for his citizenship and his support his support of free enterprise education, as well as, you know, his civic and college friends. I mean, he was, yeah. he was a, I'd consider him a war hero, I guess. I mean, he is. Yeah. Yeah. And to go back to our the reason why we do this podcast, Pennsylvania history. Right. Yeah, he, we, we haven't talked about PA a whole lot, yeah. but well he is one of PA's favorite sons. Right. In his hometown of Indiana, there is the Jimmy Stewart Museum, which was opened. Uh I forget when I didn't notice I didn't note when he when it was opened, but uh, that's okay. But it's it's great. I mean, you mentioned it's a small town, but yeah. it's right near his early his early upbringing. You know, right. it's it's within walking distance of where he was born. Uh, Walkinsons of his home and oh, the home he grew up in, and right next to, or really close to his father's hardware store. Yeah, that's really neat. Yeah, it's pretty nice. And there's a there's a pretty large statue of Stewart on the lawn of the Indiana County Courthouse, which is just feet away from the museum itself. So again, small small town, but it's all right there. So it's their kind of downtown area is very Jimmy Stewart centric. Pretty cool. Uh, and also the Indiana County Jimmy Stewart Airport was named in his honor as well too. I'd love to have an airport lead after me. It's yeah, that, it'd be the fucking, fucking dope. Best but, thing in the world. Uh, so this is the end of part one. We're yes. going to go into a lot more detail on uh, the military side of his career, as well as his later stages of life. But, you know. You want what, that town give, name? Give me, give, me, give me a good town name. Hopefully it's as good as the last one. I got a borough for you. Mm-hmm. Glenn Campbell, PA. Glenn Campbell? Not named for the singer. What's the singer, Glenn Campbell? Oh, my God. I know. I'm an idiot. So oh what, what, what's what's this? Where, where is the, where's Glen Indiana Campbell? County? Oh, perfect timing! Did yeah. you did you tell that yourself or did no? That, that's I love alph- when that happens alph- alphabetically. Feels good. Feels good. Um, so, the population is only two hundred fifty one people. Tiny, tiny. Do you really not know who Glenn Campbell, the singer? Is? No, who's, who's what does he do? <sighs> he was a singer and guitarist and TV host and actor. What what time era? What what like um, era? what kind of musical style? He did comedy actually really? a lot? Yeah, um, Rhinestone Cowboy Man. Yeah, I'm a rhinestone cowboy. You've never heard rhinestone cowboy? Nope. And I'm and I'm glad you cut yourself off because I don't want to get sued. Yeah, but he was around in the '60s and '70s. Um, 
Cool. But this, the town's actually not named after him. Oh, so what's it named after? Like a Glen, like a Scottish Glen. Oh, Gen. yes, Glen. yes, yes. Very cool. Yeah. And then the Campbell part comes from Cornelius Campbell. He worked for the coal company in the area and was this local supervisor. Solid, solid. So yeah. not as exciting as, as... No, not as great as Free Love. As Dong Hits for Jesus. But, um... <laughs> work, you know, it works. Yeah, that, that's... I mean... I meant we mentioned this before for that. Uh, I, f- I already forgot. They can't was... all be free love and intercourse, PA. <laughs> well, I was gonna say I was already so bored by the name that I forgot. I already forgot what it was. But remember that one that it was just named after. How do you remember the, the, the number forty something or whatever? Forty fort. You didn't like forty fort? Maybe not forty fort. I don't even remember what it was, but it was basically named after something. And it was like there's nothing around here that's important, so we're just gonna name it this. Was it cherry tree? No, I don't, I don't even know. Wait. I already forgot it. I have the, the whole list here. They can't all be blue ball, man. They can't all be blue balls. <laughs> blue balls is one of my favorites, too. Balls Mills? Balls Mills. Balls Mills is one of my favorites, California, too. Climax. Echo. So, I mean, it makes sense that it's named that, but... Forest City. We did a, we did a lot of a lot of good names, didn't we? Yeah. Oh, you called a bunch of them lame last episode, you big jerk. I'm, I've been I'm out here. Mean. I've been I'm out here mean. working my little tootie off. I'm mean. I'm losing weight. Off, off of not. getting names, <laughs> off of getting names. All right, but, well, but all right. So I think I think that about does it for this for this yeah, section. I think so. You know, make sure to, to you know follow us where we can like subscribe, and, listen, and uh, you know definitely... share us with your family. It would be the Jimmy Stewart thing to do. It would be yes, nice and wholesome. Share us with your friends. Yep, just like free love. Share, share us, share us with with your lovers. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Play it, play it while making sweet love in the background. Just our voices. We're in every facet of your life now. <laughs> We've ingrained ourselves. I I need you <sighs> to bring us into the bedroom and the bathroom for oh, fun times and poo times. <laughs> we are here with you for this. <laughs> um, we are the, the one the, the cult of the Uncommon Love Podcast. Yeah, join us. All right, keep keep an eye out for next week's episode. It's, it's going to be part two of the Jimmy Stewart experience. It's, it's not be... it's not what we're going to call it, but uh... <laughs> God damn it, that was that was pretty good though. Was it? Should we call it that? Jimmy Hendrix experience? Yeah. Is that what you're going for? No, but it just happened. It just happened. Oh, it just happened. <laughs> uh, but yeah, th- thank you all for listening. Keep an eye out, yeah. and uh, we definitely appreciate, and we're uh, we're we're really grateful for all your you know, support. Then. Spread it, spread the word on social media. You know, uh, Facebook is Uncommonwealth Podcast, Instagram is at Uncommonwealth Podcast, Twitter is at Uncommonwealth P. You can email us at uncommonwealthpodcast at gmail dot com, and word of mouth. We're all enough. about word of mouth. Tell your yeah. friends. You know, stand over them. Watch them hit the subscribe button. And push use them. use their finger. Take their hand. Push the button. Physically intimidate Co- them. Coerce them into subscribing. Physically, mentally, spiritually, <laughs> beat them into becoming our fans. Yes. And then you'll be like us. Yes, that's what we do to our to each other when we when we do these these notes. <laughs> but we love we love all of you. We, we yeah. definitely appreciate it all. And keep an eye out for the next one. Yep. And uh, we'll this, be back. This has been Honest Off. This has been Bill. We've been the Uncommon Podcast. All G shucks. Mm-hmm.